Hello everyone and welcome to BT Talks. Today I have the pleasure of having Kerry Mahmoud who is a friend and a top broker in London. She has her own agency, The Art of Buying. She works exclusively with buyers and she's been uh, an agent in, the, in London for quite a few years, I think over 10 years. So she has a lot of experience. She has an incredible personality. Uh, so today is going to be a very, very cool episode. Thanks to everyone who is joining. Carrie should be there. She is. I see her. So she's going to join the live and we're going to start the conversation. Hi, Carrie. I see a few people from London, from Dubai, from New York. So there's a very international crowd. There she Hello. is. Hello. Carrie, good to see you here. Can you see me? Thanks Can you hear for, me? <laughs> very well. Thanks so much for uh, being a guest on BT Talks. I think we're going to have a really cool conversation. So I'm here yeah. in Miami. Carries in London, two incredible cities for all different reasons. Um, but the way I like to start my BT Talks is usually who Carrie is and your journey to real estate. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got into real estate and uh, real estate in London? Yeah, sure. So I started, um, I actually started in 2006. Feels like so long ago now. Um, and I kind of started like, I guess, probably a lot of people that start in London when they're a little bit younger, they kind of, um, they kind of have one idea of what they want to do. And then they talk to their parents and they say, that's not a good idea. You need to get a real job. So you then kind of see what your skills are. And I kind of, I think I kind of fell into agency in London um, because um, I just, I just kind of, I, I was just really driven. I just wanted to I just I really like dealing with people and I just kind of wanted to be in something where I could have an uncapped salary in a car, if I'm completely honest. Um, yep. And that's that, that's just kind of what I wanted to do when I was like 20. Um, so, yeah, um, to, 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 I just wanted to you, you said something very interesting. And I think that's the yeah. reason I got also into the business and a lot of people got into the business is yeah. we love people. And also in the business, there's no cap. So basically, yeah. it's up to you to build up your business. Uh, to connect with the right people. It's not yeah. something that happens overnight. It takes a bit of time. But at the end of the day, if you, if you continue and you keep moving forward, um, good things happen. So there's no limit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was, yeah, I was just super excited. I mean, when I first started, I just, you know, they, they gave me a car and they said, you know, this in, in London, it's probably different to Miami because um, I think we, we had a conversation about this. But here you get a really tiny basic salary so they give you, you know, enough to, you know, just about be able to live in London. Um, but literally, poor. Sorry, my phone was ringing. Um, they, so they give you a very basic, um, they give you a very basic salary. And then, and then you kind of get a percentage of whatever you sell. So, so for me, yeah, I was young. I just really wanted to kind of, um, kind of earn as much money as possible because I had this dream of owning a place in London. 
Um, and I just, yeah, I just really loved kind of dealing and meeting with all the different types of people. So kind of getting into property in London in 2006 was amazing because I learned from some, from some really good people and they kind of taught me everything that I, I know and kind of, you know, grew on that. Um, but then we had 2008, 2009, where the market completely crashed. Yeah. So it went from, I think probably that's how I learned so much as well, because I went from one extreme to the other. It was, it was great. And I was learning and I was really excited. And then all of a sudden the market crashed and, you know, I was then going into an office where there was just one person working and that was me. <laughs> so were, were you, were you only doing London or, or, or the UK also? Yeah, parts I was of the only, UK. only, only London. And I was in West London at the time. Um, so obviously, you know, London is, is broken up quite a bit, but yeah, I was in West London. So I kind of specialized in that little area. Um, and then the market crashed. So, and it was, you know, you just went from one thing to the other and it was, and I think that is probably where I really kind of learned a lot of the skills that have got me, you know, helped me get me where I am today. And obviously the people that I met along the way, because, you know, we didn't do any of this I've... by ourselves. How, how long did you stay in agency? And while you were in agency, uh, did you have any mentors or did you have to figure out a lot of things on your own? When, you, when, you, when I started, um, I was in agency for 10 years, by the way. Um, so I was, in, yeah. um, I, was in, I was in, sorry, I was in one agency for 10 years and then I went somewhere else for a couple of years before I set up um, Art of Buying. But um, mentors are the kind of the people that were there before you um at the yeah. time and you know a, a couple of people that, that i used to work with one of them actually went to new york and became a trader so they're really i was working with some kind of really smart people who had been doing it for a few years and they they were kind of my mentors the people that i worked with yeah. and you know they gave they gave kind of the best advice um in 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 what i was doing yeah and as i was kind of you but you learn a lot as you as, as you go along because it's quite confusing and, and so so now tell us a little bit about the, the market in London, how it has been. I think it'll be interesting to see since you got into real estate in London all the mm -hmm. way to today, how have you seen the market for, for London, which is a, a truly unique and, and phenomenal city. And I, I strongly believe there's always value regardless of whatever happens in the world. But tell us about the market uh, the past few years and today. Yeah. I mean, the past few years, the market hasn't been easy, I think, for anybody, just because there's been so much uncertainty and so many changes. Of course, and those, yeah. cha and those changes I personally started to see was kind of around April 2014, when we had yes. the mortgage market review. So they started changing lending um, criteria. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So there was, there was quite a big impact when that first started. And then there was just a snowball effect. And then we had kind of Brexit and we had stamp duty changes. And so there was a there was quite a few changes within a short period of time that 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 then kind of you know stops one area of the market so um so that's so there's, there's there's been a quite a few changes over the last few years that has made an impact but i mean overall since when i started to now um you can you can really analyze the market and you can really kind of go into detail and you can look right now what is happening right now? People might look on paper and say, look, it's, it's very uncertain, especially with the whole COVID thing. People can't come here and, you know, it has an impact on people's lives, right? So you can look at all of these individual things that are happening at the time. But if you look on a broad scale and you look over the last kind of 10 to 15 years, on average, prices have still increased 8% yep. year on year in London. So that's, a, that's average, a good increase. That's a yeah. good increase. So, yeah. so if you look, but if you, you know, if you look between kind of 2010 and 2012, 
that 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 time prices were increasing in in an area that I worked in kind of predominantly where I ran an office prices were increasing 20 to 30 percent year on year wow. because wow. It, it it was just going crazy and then all of a sudden you know we're in 2014 and things start to change slightly you look and pri- it looks like prices have made a significant drop but it's kind of what what are you comparing it to? So if you, I, I really say with people that invest, in, you've got to look at, you know, you've got to have a holistic approach and look at what things have done over a long period of time, not just a short period of time. So as you've seen London as a global city evolve, what yeah. um, neighborhoods of London have you seen the most evolution, growth, and would you, I guess, bet on or advise people maybe to invest for the long run? Um, is there any specific neighborhoods in London? that you see like key um, places? The thing is, I think so many parts of London have their own kind of little opportunity hubs. So, yeah. you know, I could, I could suggest one area that, you know, that, that I, I see that there's going to be potential to growth just because of where it's located, the proximity to Hyde Park and Kensington Palace. So there's a little area called Bayswater and I actually put it in one of my posts. So if I, if I was to choose one area, I would say Bayswater, um, I think has has got a lot more growth in it um, because you can still get some properties, which it might mean nothing to people that are watching this, but if they did a bit of research or asked me directly, you can still get some properties for around, you know, a thousand pounds a square foot, which, which for the neighboring areas, you know, you compare that to, for example, the other side of the park, when you're going to South Kensington and then, you know, Knightsbridge and then towards Mayfair, you're paying kind of 16, 17, 1800 pounds a square foot upwards. South, South, South Kensington is where all the French live. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> They're buying property there. And I, I think there's, yeah. uh, there's some great schools and it's, it's a little community. <laughs> yeah, it is. It what, is very European. What are your thoughts? So London is actually one of my favorite cities. Uh, I, I truly love London and hopefully I'll own a property there at some point. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Shoreditch? Shoreditch is a neighborhood that is very unique. For some reason, yeah. it's very different, but I'm just curious to know your thought on that neighborhood. Um, um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just the type of properties that you can get in Shoreditch. They're very kind of warehousey. It's very urban. It's kind of a Brooklyn, Brooklyn, it's kind of a Brooklyn, you know, yeah, New York I kind guess, of vibe. I yeah. guess it's got, yeah, I guess it's got similarities. So I think it's a, I think it's a great area, but I think if I were you, I mean, you know London, um, I would say if you're going to buy somewhere like that, you should rent there first. Got it. Because, yeah. To, because to get a, it, yeah, it's like every, every place you, you know, I advise my clients as well. You come to Miami. If you don't yeah. know Miami, rent a place in a, in a neighborhood, check it out, see the community, see the people, see the activities, see if you yeah. like it. And then you can decide on where you want to live. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I always, but, I mean, not yeah. everyone wants to do that first. Some people just get, you know, they're very excited and they just want to buy something. They kind of roughly know where they want to be. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would, if you're going to make a, if you're going to make a decision like Shoreditch, because I think, you know, you probably have nice memories of Shoreditch or you like going there on a, you like going, I like there, going on a weekend, there actually. or you like going yeah, yeah, out yeah. and going, because my cousin lived in Shoreditch and he moved and he's like, got it. He's a party guy, right? And he's in music and he's, you know, so he's in the media industry, but then he, it was too much for even him. So, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it really comes down there, to preference. Yeah, there's a lot of hot spots. It's very nice. But I was just curious because I spent a lot of time there and I was really enjoying going out there. Yeah. Um, so, so 
you know, something else I think would be really interesting for our audience mm-hmm. is what is the process of, of buying? Because also you specialize in, uh, in being a buyer's agent. Yeah. Uh, what is the process of buying uh, for, you know, UK residents, but also for foreigners who want to buy? I know you have clients from the US and from other parts of the world. What is the process to buy a property in the UK? Yeah. So if you're, um, if you're just a UK, you know, if you're, you're based here and you want to buy, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward in terms of, you know, you live here and you can prove you live here and stuff like that. Um, yep. the, buying, the buying process from kind of start to finish is probably a little bit different to the States um, because as a buyer's agent, I will obviously, you know, advise my client on each step of the process. Um, and it's, it's really kind of obviously the searching for the property and the, the main work really starts happening when you're negotiating the price and when you've had an offer accepted because there's so much that happens in between having an offer accepted and an exchange of contracts, which is when a buyer puts down a 10% deposit. So um, you have to instruct your lawyer, you have to have a surveyor, um, and the lawyer goes through all of the information, um, draft papers from a seller's solicitor, um, they want to check that it's got a clean title and um, they have to apply for searches through a local authority. And there's, there's a lot that happens in between the, the offer accepted and the exchange of contracts process. Because once you exchange contracts, that's it. You're, you're legally bound and you put down a 10% deposit. How, how much time does it usually take to, from start to finish to, uh, I guess, close a deal? From offer accepted or? Yeah, offer accepted. If you're buying a freehold house, then it could be it could be a lot quicker um, because you don't have to do certain things that you have to do with a leasehold, like applying for management um, management inquiries, and you sometimes have to get um, a license to assign or um, to be accepted into the building. But um, it could be anywhere between four weeks, and I've had I've had a I've had a transaction that took a year once. Yeah, um, sometimes so. actions can take some time, even here in the states. What is, what is the difference yeah. between freehold and leasehold? Because I know it's, it's very specific in the UK, and I think it would be yeah. good to inform our audience who are interested in real estate in London. So freehold yeah. and leasehold. So an easier way to describe it is if you're buying a freehold property, you're buying the land as well as the, the building. So yeah. that's usually when you're buying a house. Then you will also have um, a share of freehold, which is you still have an underlying lease but you own a share in the freehold. So you own a share in the land. Um, Got it. Okay. And then you also have a leasehold property, which is um, you, you're effectively renting the property for the amount of years that you have the lease, which could be, mm-hmm. you know, some of the properties in Belgravia, they only grant 20 year leases um, all the way up to 999 years. So um, it's that, that's a short version. Um, yeah. So you all, again, no. these are all the things that you have to find out when you're, when you're buying because some people look online and say, wow, that place looks amazing and it's, it's a certain price. But then they of don't course. realize that the lease has only got 35 years remaining and it's going to cost you £550,000 to extend that lease. Got it. Okay. So now more we're going to talk a little bit about lifestyle. So we've mm. all been affected by the pandemic all over the world. Uh, people are, are changing the way they're, they're, they're living, where they want to live. Um, what have you seen in London? I mean, are people um, getting away from the city center? Or, I mean, I assume there's also people taking the opportunity to buy in the mm. center of London, because obviously London is London. It's like New York is New York. But have a lot of Londoners moved out of London into houses 
or no, just stayed in London and maybe, you know, wanted townhouses or things like that. What have you seen? What are the trends? What, what are people looking for now, nowadays? Yeah. I think probably like most places, a lot of people have decided to move out, out of London. Um, you know, a lot of people were escaping the city life and they've gone to kind of the outskirts. They've gone to places like Oxfordshire, um, Windsor and you know, Surrey and various other places. Um, depending on where they need to be. So there have been a lot of people that have kind of escaped to the countryside and they've seen that as their opportunity now to kind of get out. Um, but then also there's there's a lot of people that are seeing opportunities in London. Um, and, you know, they now think that it's the time to buy in London because if, if some people are moving out, there might be room to negotiate on, on prices if they're selling in order to buy. Um, so, so there are people that are seeing London as, an, London as an opportunity because, you know, when, when, when the city is a bit quieter and it creates a bit of uncertainty, there are going to be some sellers that also feel that and are willing to negotiate on the prices. Not everybody, um, because, because in central London, you know, not everyone needs to sell their properties. Of course. Yeah. Um, so there, there is a bit of a mix, but there are, there are a lot of people that are moving out, but I kind of think. It misses my own personal opinion. I think people were going to do that anyway. Um, it just it just kind of sped up the process for them. So I know you're very passionate about London. You're a London girl. But I'm curious to know, if you were not doing real estate or living in London, where would you live or do real estate? Or, you know, what, what place in the world attracts you the most? Or you want to have an experience there or you would live there? That's a really, that's a really good question. Um, if I wasn't doing real estate, I don't really know what I'd be doing if I wasn't doing real estate. Um, so so you're passionate. Cool. You're, you're passionate like I am and like a lot of us into real estate. Because honestly, I mean, I, w I would not do anything else than real estate as of today. Yeah. I, I live and breathe it. So but yeah. where, where would you look, Chris? So my buddy Chris uh, relocated to Dubai, Chris Boswell. Ah. <laughs> so what's the whole thing? Dubai is the hot spot now. Everyone's <laughs> actually, talking I, about Dubai. Yeah. It's like everyone see, from England went there as well. <laughs> everyone from everyone from France. I mean, I see everybody in Dubai right now. I think it's like Dubai and Miami are the two hotspots right now in the world. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. But is, is there a place outside of London you would uh, sell real estate? Um, <clears throat> I pro yeah, potentially. I mean, I think looking at the really nice kind of country houses, I mean, that yep. looks like it would be quite fun to sell. But I also think it would be quite a slow paced market. Yeah. Whereas, whereas I'm kind of used to right now in my life, I'm quite used to things being a bit quicker and you kind of have it, you know, being a bit dynamic with where you can go and what you can do um, and um, working with different types of people. And I think that's why I love London. I love London because there's, there's a mix of, of everything. Um, yeah, whereas I if you go to some places that are outside of London, it's going to be going to be predominantly, you know, a certain kind of type of character or, um, you know, it's so for me, yeah. I, I right now I love London because, um, because it's great. But in terms of going to other places around the world, I really want to do some traveling. I'm kind of itching to travel. So. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So your 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 base is is well is and will always be as of you know now London, but you want to travel. I want to travel and I do want to explore. Yeah, I've always wanted to. It's just not, I've just not been able to do it as much. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of on the card so soon. I, I want to like, um, so you were an agency for quite a while. When mm -hmm. did you start your agency, your own agency? And uh, 
how has the process been? Because I know there's a lot of people for experience, for different reasons that decide to join an agency, which I think is a very good thing. You know, I'm also working mm -hmm. with a, a big agency, Douglas Elliman, which is fantastic. <clears throat> I met some incredible people. I'm working with some also incredible people. Uh, but a lot of people today are starting their own firm and uh, pretty much setting up the rules. So, mm -hmm. you know, their own way, because, you know, in 2021, things are different. When did yeah. you start your agency and uh, what was the process of building your own business? Yeah, well, I started, um, it's two, two, and a, two years and three months ago now. Um, so I'm into my third year. Um, and as I said, I was in agency before for, for 12 years. So how I built it was really, um, I mean, it was, it was quite a scary thing to do. I mean, and I, I, if, if I hadn't have left my previous company and kind of just thought I need to do this without a really big plan, I probably wouldn't have done it for a while. So I think you just got to take that risk and, and that jump. And I was encouraged to, to, to do it. But um, setting it up was really kind of, um, I kind of learned a lot as I was setting it up. But with regards to clients, I, I think I was quite lucky that um, I've always kept the same phone number. Um, so I've always and had the same number. You. Yeah, and I've and, and I had people kind of contacting me from before, and I was just like, look, you know, I'm doing this now, and you know, I'd love to help you, but um, now I'm a buyer's agent. I, I work on you know a retainer's fee, so it's more of a personal service for that individual. Um, and you know, you're always a bit scared at first, kind of asking to be paid, um, if I'm completely honest. But then once you kind of break through that, and you know, people. You know, I've been doing it for a long time. People really see the value in that. And that's kind of, that's kind of how it kind of evolved. You, you said something very important, which is the word value. I always talk about it and I strongly mm. believe it's, um, you know, as real estate advisors, we add value to our clients. Mm. Um, and here I also explain to my buyer clients, because obviously we're not paid uh, yeah. until yeah, the deal is closed. Yeah. And, yeah. So the, the way the commission structure works, I mean, obviously we have higher commissions. We do not have a salary um, and it's the seller um, or the landlord who pays the commission. Usually the commission for, for a sale is 6%, 5 to 6%. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we collaborate a lot. So there's the buyer's agent, the seller's agent, and the commission is split uh, between two. So it's two and a half or 3%, but usually it's 3%. Then there's mm -hmm. also, you know, if you work directly with developers, we have a lot of new developments here. The developers pay you five to seven percent, which is huge. Yeah. Um, so that's you know very different. Um, but that's kind of how it works here uh, in the U.S. And, and what I wanted to say is, you know, I I try to educate my friends, my client, and everyone on the benefits of having a buyer's agent because you can't just go there and try to do it on your own or work with several agents because you're going to just uh, go straight <clears throat> into a wall. I you know. It's a free service we're providing. Um, we're not paying until the deal is closed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a buyer is not paying a commission. So basically, from A to Z, from showing you properties to helping you negotiate, to uh, making sure you have all the right people to close the deal, there's a lot of things we add value to and we're committed. A good agent is committed to his client at 300%. So that's kind of how it works here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a so little my, bit different here. We we yeah. we touched on this the other day. Oh, sorry, go on, yeah. sir. No, no, no. It's very different. So t tell us how it how different it is in in London. Yeah, so um, in in London, it's predominantly estate agents, which um, which are obviously like your realtors, but they 
predominantly act for the seller. So it's very clear that the seller pays their fees. Um, and it was only, um, it was in, in central London, it was only, it only started happening kind of, you know, in the last kind of 10 years, I guess, where people started sharing fees between agencies. But I think it's, yeah. it's, it's worth having a buying agent, especially in London, because the seller's agents are, are I guess, less incentivized because exactly. the, fees are, the, the fees are smaller as well in the UK. So yeah. getting so, a fee from a seller and then having to split that between another, a, a, you know, like a buying agent, it's, it's, it, there's just not enough to kind of go around. So yeah. for me, I'm very clear. I get paid by the buyer. I work for the buyer. I kind of understand exactly what they want once I get to know yeah. them. And I'll go and find that wherever that is in London. Whereas most agents here, they're great, but they have their areas that they focus on. Exactly. So, so my friend Sam, who's actually uh, very much engaging in this conversation. Oh, cool. He's Sa Samuel Vaden. He's a very nice guy. He, I believe he's licensed in California, Florida, and another state. He'll, he'll mention it. But he's mentioning yeah. the exclusive buyer's agreement. And it's very interesting he, he put that point there because actually right now, I'm dealing with two clients uh, where I'm going to have them sign an exclusive buyer's agreement because I believe mm -hmm. it's very important and, you know, it's also trust. Now, yeah. the only issue is sometimes, even with people you know well, they don't want to sign a document. Mm -hmm. They don't like this exclusive thing. But I think it's something very important to bring to the table because it's trust and uh, yeah. it makes a big difference. And you can filter also who are, you know, how, how committed your client is to you. Yeah. Um, so it's a very, yeah. very good point here. Now I'm like, okay, you want to work with me. You have to trust me. I'm not always going to have the exclusive buyer's agreement because it's really going to depend on who I'm working with, but I'm going to mm. have it with me because it's very, very, um, important to have. Yeah. Sam yeah. is actually, uh, he's always California, Florida, Tennessee, and soon New York, New York. So <laughs> mm. yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he, he's working in a lot of places. Um, so so my last question is um, yeah. the, the uh, industry of real estate and all industries, but specifically re real estate is evolving tremendously um, with all the new you know, tools we have, technology, social media, all these platforms. Mm -hmm. um, now we have you know, Clubhouse as a new social platform that I just got on two weeks ago. I just and got I, in as well. So it, cool. is, it is incredible and you will see, see me doing a lot of houses, which of course I'll invite you and I'll invite some incredible people, but it's a very powerful tool. What are your thoughts on uh, the future of real estate? How can agents today, whether they have their own agency or work with an agency, benefit from all the tools we have in order to build the business on the long run? And I, I like to think of Ryan Serhan for this because he truly is yeah, a he's superstar. Amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. And he always says, the reason he started his agency, and I can talk to you about it for hours, is he didn't find the fit anywhere else. He could do everything, obviously, because he has the financial means, the connections, the credibility, everything. Uh, mm -hmm. But right now, what he's doing is building the agency of the future, uh, which is 2030. A lot of yeah. people only think of 2021. They don't think of 2022, 2023, mm -hmm. 2023. Um, yeah. So anyways, I'll let you speak on that. What are your thoughts? My, I, I mean... My thoughts of, of, um, of it for London predominantly and things yep. that kind of need to move forward is um, I, think, I think more people will go independent, um, which, is, which is a shame because there's some, there's some people that, 
if everyone goes independent, there's going to be no one at these agencies that you can kind of go to. And that's also kind of what I've been finding because bear in mind, you know, a, a buyer instructs me and I do everything from start to finish and I'll handle everything for them, guiding them along the way and kind of introducing them who, to who they need to. But, you know, if, 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 you know, I'm looking for something, if, if you're a buyer and you're doing this on your own and you don't have somebody like me, you've then got to go and register with hundreds of different agents and yeah, build yeah. those relationships. So I think um, it's, it's probably better in the States, but here I think then there needs to be more um, kind of camaraderie between agents and it needs to be more, um, there needs to be a, a platform where um, kind of people work more together because the main focus should be the client. And for me, it's the buyer. So, so obviously I, I don't want to, when I'm negotiating a price, I'm not, I'm not trying to squeeze as much out of the seller as possible. I'm trying to of be course. fair between both parties. And I think it needs to evolve just in the sense that people need to work together a little bit more. So, and it needs to be more interaction. So your, your feeling is that in London and the UK, there's not a, I guess, a collaborative atmosphere between agents? It's getting, not, it is getting better. It's getting better. It is getting better and it's definitely changed over the last few years. But yeah, I mean, it, when I was an agency and say kind of six, seven years ago when I was on the agent side, you know, I, I was, you know, if I had a buyer and, you know, obviously they weren't paying me, but I wanted to give them the best service. And again, this is why I set up my company. You know, you, you, you're not able to service them because, you know, they could then, you know, you don't have what they want. And of your course. time is very restricted because you're, you know, you're paid by a corporate company that says you have to do this many calls a day. You know, you have to do this many viewings and kind of they lo- the, the kind of structure is not right. So I think agency needs to change. Um, I think people's pay needs to change to incentivize them more. And I think then people will collaborate a bit more and, and, and treat the buyer, um, you know, like, you know, like it's their client as well. Of course. Yeah. Well, here in the States, um, I feel there's a very, especially here in Miami, there's a very collaborative atmosphere. It's not everyone, but I feel much more than at least in Europe. I mean, in France, it's also very different. And, um, you know, people are building their agents, but the traditional agencies also, mm. it's very complicated to work with. I mean, they're great at what they do, but they're not evolving. Uh, so that's kind of a, a challenge. But look, let's see how it goes. Um, Carrie, we're coming to an end. Thank you yes. so much for joining my BT Talk. It was no, really a you. pleasure discussing with you, a great conversation. Thanks to everyone who joined mm-hmm. the live. I really appreciate. And uh, anybody who is looking to buy in London, Carrie is phenomenal. So feel free to connect with her. You can DM her. She's very responsive. Connect with her. Um, thank you to everyone. Thank you so much. And I'm going to send you some questions, um, Benjamin, because there was a few questions that came through on my um, on my thing. Sure. And maybe you, maybe, maybe you could answer them separately with a video or something. And tag sure. me so, so I send, can reshare so, it. So send me questions. I'll do a little video and I'll following up this video, I'll, I'll post the video with the answers to the questions. Yeah. And then just tag me so I can share it. Of course. Always. Cool. Thank Carrie, you so thank much. you so much. All right. It was great. Bye. It was great. Thank you. Bye. Bye.